Where were you on March 9th, 2020? Stacking up on groceries, maybe. Or was it the last day you were in the office? You might remember a particularly anxious ride on public transportation. Organizer Rebel Sydney Black was at home, wondering and worrying about the impending virus. I was just laying in bed thinking about, you know, there are a lot of people who need support and there are a lot of people that I support and, you know, how can we kind of organize care for one another in a way that's tangible. Um, and so I was thinking about pods and I came up with this idea of pod mapping for mutual aid. And I'm sure I'm probably not the only person who came up with the idea at the same time. But she was the only one who wrote a Google Doc about it. Rebel's document, called Pod Mapping for Mutual Aid, has been shared with thousands of people and even promoted by massive organizations like Greenpeace. Simply put, mutual aid means sharing what you have. It doesn't have to be money. It's inherently reciprocal. You look out for me, and I look out for you. And it's built on the notion that we are all inherently responsible for each other's survival. In their Google Doc, Rebel made mutual aid tangible by applying it to the concept of pod mapping. There are so many global problems right now, so many systemic problems, and they need systemic solutions. And at the same time, a lot of times where we have the most control is in our sphere of influence. Pod mapping is a concept developed by Mia Mingus, who lives in the Bay Area, and it's for transformative justice interventions into violence, so um, into interpersonal violence. And so in your pod, there may be, you know, we talk about community a lot, and community is kind of a vague word, and it means different things to different people, and it can be kind of this nebulous thing, but a pod is a lot more specific. So in a pod, there are the people who will actually show up for you in a crisis. So if you're experiencing interpersonal violence, um, they're the people who would be there for you either um, to support you as a survivor, to help you be accountable as a person who's doing harm, or to support you as a bystander who is witnessing violence. So I kind of took that concept and translated it into this mutual aid um, idea that's been going around. You know, mutual aid is really old. Um, a lot of our communities have been do doing mutual aid for hundreds or thousands of years. Um, but right now it's this hot topic. I asked Rebel, why not just make a list of nonprofits to support? I do like give money to organizations that are doing systemic change, but I much prefer um, this, like, my partner has wealth privilege. I grew up working class and poor and was houseless for a long time and was houseless, you know, was on the verge of houselessness up until I um, got married to my partner or like till we moved in together. Um, and so, um, Having money is very new to me, but sharing money is not new to me. So um, for my whole life, you know, it's just been the thing that you do to share. 
And, um, you know, if I had $20, I'd probably give the whole $20 to someone in need. Um, or at least, you know, half of it. And for a long time, my brother and I would pass back the same, you know, like $300 back and forth between each other when we were really struggling. And so, um, that's just kind of a norm for me. And when people are suffering, you know, a lot of times my partner will make food and then we'll bring them food and I'll sit and talk and my partner may do chores or may sit and talk as well. But that's just kind of the way that we operate. And, you know, when we go to Costco, we get some extra supplies for our houseless neighbors and, um, it's just kind of the norm. And I think that giving directly to people is so important because there aren't very many places that do that. So, you know, a lot of nonprofits don't just give money to people and what people need to come out of poverty is money. You know, um, they've done, I'm pretty sure there was a study. I can't cite it right now where they found that the most, um, the thing that was most successful at bringing people out of poverty was giving them money. <laughs> and with money, people are able to do things. They're able to participate in the economy. They're able to get their needs met. They're able to define what their needs are and meet them themselves. So that gives, you know, empowerment, self-respect. Um, instead of handing someone, you know, some cans of food that they probably don't like, um, or, you know, giving someone resources that they may not need um, instead of exactly what they do need. If you give someone money, then they can provide for themselves. Um, and I think it's effective to just really support communities in that way. And like, you know, when I was, when I was houseless, my car got broken into and there's no one to support getting your car fixed. Nonprofits don't deal with that. Um, they don't consider it an essential need, even if you're living in it. Um, and so that that's kind of where my compassion comes from. I remember there was a church that my family went to when I was a kid, and they, di they did have a program for fixing cars. Um, there was like a mechanic who would work for free. And that's kind of where I get my inspiration for doing mutual aid work is like, what can I do? What can I give today? Um, and then leave tomorrow for tomorrow. I mentioned earlier that Rebel's document, Pod Mapping for Mutual Aid, has been shared thousands of times. I actually first read it on the Women for Political Change website. They were using it to help describe their own recently launched mutual aid fund. But as we'll find out next week, mutual aid and philanthropic support don't always go hand in hand.